Hello, this is Donna Reish, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast dedicated to answering readers' questions about homeschooling, teaching, homemaking, home management, language arts, organization, efficiency, marriage, parenting, and more. Tonight, uh, I would like to answer a question, or multiple questions actually, from readers about meal planning and about becoming more efficient in your kitchen. If you've been following our podcast episodes for a while, you know that I have several um, podcast episodes. I'm going to be talking about those and linking you up here if you have the handout in just a minute. And I've been talking a lot about how to become more efficient in your home, about how to become more efficient in your kitchen. Um, I also have been a freezer cook for 25 years this summer, and so um, I have a lot of uh, insights into freezer cooking and um, uh, freezer meals and freezer starters and so on, and so I have some podcast episodes as well as some blog posts about that, and I also have uh, recipes at the blog, and the newer recipes that I've been putting up, a little bit healthier, a little bit lower carb, a little bit uh, lower on the glycemic index, and um, just better for families, healthier, uh, using more real ingredients, and so on. And those all have freezer options and um, how to make that into a freezer, make those into freezer entrees as well. So I get asked efficiency questions a lot because I do a lot of different workshops at homeschool conventions and things about efficiency, about home management. Um, I've been on a quest for efficiency for um, my entire married life, which is 34 years now. Uh, around 30 years ago, I, oh, no, probably 34 or five years ago, I think it was right before we married, I watched the old Cheaper by the Dozen, in which Frank, the father, was an efficiency expert, and I decided that I wanted to be an efficiency expert, you know, minus the whole taking the tonsils out in the living room for a dozen kids. But at any rate, so I've been on a quest uh, to acquire efficiency in my life, and there are a lot of areas where I have learned efficiency, um, and there are a lot of trial and errors along the way that I like to pass on to young moms so that they don't have to make the same mistakes I did along the way. This started out being called simplified meal planning, and then I realized that it's really not planning as much as it is just doing. So if you are here looking for like a system where you, you know, alternate these meals and this meal rotation and this meal plan, that's not what this is all about. Actually, what this is all about is taking something that is mundane, routine, or regular and doing it more quickly and more efficiently. Um... The whole theory behind this particular uh, podcast episode is to become fast, to become efficient, to become the kind of person who doesn't overthink every day, every meal. And um, while there are a lot of good systems out there, and um, I'm sure those are great, I've never been one to really implement complete meal systems or meal plans um, or elaborate uh, menus. Um, because I like to think on my feet, and that's what I would like to help you learn how to do. Because you can all, you can do those systems, and, and they work great, some of them, and especially for certain types of people. But the real key is, can you do what you do, the regular, the mundane, the routine, can you do that more efficiently? Because you look at the things that you do every single day, homemaking, dishes, trash, laundry, food preparation, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you look at those things that you do every single day, and the better you get at those, 
And the more efficiently you can do those, the more smoothly everything runs. And so rather than giving you a system, I want to give you tools where you can just say, I know what to do. I can do this quickly. It's not as big of a deal as I made it out to be. And so that is really a goal that I have. Also, when we learn how to do this type of thing that I'm going to be explaining in this uh, blog, I mean this podcast episode, um, your children can become more efficient workers too. My children have learned efficiency through my trial and error of efficiency and through working with me, and I teach them my efficiency skills as well. And then just, it really makes you feel like a million bucks. When you can just set out to do something quick and you can be confident, you know what, I know I know what to do today. This is fine. I got this. It makes you just feel like a million bucks. And so um, I want to just give you a whole big picture, first of all, about... Um, efficiency in the kitchen. And then I want to talk specifically about two areas that I think have helped me the most to just be able to go, go, go and not overthink everything. So first of all, in your handout, and I hope you have that, if not, click on where it says handout and be sure to to print that off or follow along on that. Um, The first thing that I have there um, is a list of links, uh, kitchen efficiency links. And so I have several podcasts there, How to Implement Cycle Cooking for Freezer Entrees, uh, 10 Questions to Ask Yourself Before You Start Freezer Cooking, 5 Tips to Be More Efficient in the Kitchen, uh, Beef Roast and Pork Roast in the Crock Pot, that's a blog post, Shredded Chicken blog post, Crumbled Ground Meat blog post, Determining the Type of Freezer Cook You Want to Be, Dishes, Laundry, and Trash uh, Twice a Day. Those are just some efficiency links that if you like some of the things that I'm explaining in this podcast episode that you might want to go to some of those. Now, the level of efficiency in the kitchen is dependent upon several factors. The first one is how homemade you want to be versus how store-bought you want to be. I once got this book that was uh, 20-minute dinners or family dinners, and it was so good at laying out, you know what, if you would just get this convenience item and you pair it with this non-convenience item, you have a really fast meal. And um, I, I think that concept... While I didn't really use a lot of the menus and the recipes in there, that's one reason why I don't get those kind of things anymore because I found that I didn't use them. I just use them for ideas because I'm I'm really too too random, too animated, too... um, kind of like free-spirited uh, to, to stick with such a, a strict menu planning. I used to say that I did freezer cooking, which sounds really regimented, but it's all in one day. I can be regimented for one day. It's all in one day. I used to say that I opened the freezer and whatever fell out is what we had. That's kind of the, the, the free-spirit uh, homemaker that I am. But um, the concept behind that book was true. The concept was that if you don't have to make everything from scratch – you cut out time. You know, I I used to be the kind of person who cooked everything from scratch. So we made our bread and our buns in the evenings and we made our salad dressings. We made croutons out of the homemade bread and buns. And that type of level of homemadeness, so to speak, takes a lot of time. And so the level of efficiency that you're going to be able to acquire is based in part, not completely by all means, because you can learn how to do homemade things fast too, but um, it is definitely based in part on how homemade versus how store-bought you can be. The next one is the time that you have allotted for make-aheads and prepping. A lot of times doing things ahead of time in bulk saves you a lot of time later on. So if you have a lot of time for that, and you're not like every day faced with, I have nothing to start with, then you know, then you don't have to allow much, as much time on that day for meal preparations. 
you combine the two, a little bit of convenience, a lot of preparation and advanced prep and uh, do-aheads and um, make-aheads, and then each day becomes a little bit simpler in terms of meals and prepping. Uh, the next thing is your freezer space, for sure. Um, I always had two freezers, two deep freezers. One was for my current freezer meals, and the other one was for sales on things that, that were going to be for my next cycle of freezer cooking. And so I never had, we never got to get quarter of beef or half a beef or a, a hog or anything like that because I never had the room for it, even though I had two freezers just with my systems. But the amount of freezer space you have definitely makes a difference. You can't put 9 by 13 foil pans in your freezer if you only have a freezer above the refrigerator. Um, so the, the space definitely makes a big difference. And also your experience. I just want to encourage you, just if you're a young mom, just get up and do the stuff. I know how hard it is. Believe me, I had seven kids at home, 12 and 13 hours a day, every day, all by myself. No husband coming in for lunch, no, no rescue whatsoever. Lived away from family, just me and my kids all day for 12, 13 hours every day for 15 years. And, um, and I know how hard it is, but I also know that you get better at everything through doing every single thing that you think you're not good at right now, unless you're just like unskilled at it. Like I was say with arts and crafts or sewing or something, but every single thing that you're doing right now with your children, whether it's homeschooling, teaching, parenting, little kids, structuring a preschooler's day, cooking, organizing, laundry, cleaning, whatever it might be, every single thing that I mentioned, you can get good at. You can get better and better and better at it until you are really actually quite accomplished. And 20 years from now, you'll look back and you'll say, wow, I got pretty good at that because we get good at what we do over and over and over again. So in that regard, we should be happy about the things we get to do over and over and over again, right? So anyway, just keep up the good work. Just do it because you will accomplish a lot and you will get better and better at things. All right, what happens when freezer, when, when meal planning isn't done in any way, shape, or form? You look in your freezer or your cabinets or your fridge and you want to come up with a meal without overthinking. But you look at it and you can't think of anything to make. You're like, well, I, what do I even do with hamburger? I can't even remember what I usually do with that. You don't feel creative. And, you know, if you're a homeschooling mom and you are at the end of your day and, you know, you haven't prepared anything, it's really hard to think at that moment. Trust me, I know. I've had six kids in school all at the same time before. So I, I know what, what you're thinking there. It's hard to be creative at that moment. Or you look and you think everything takes too long or I haven't prepped anything or I don't have anything defrosted. And so it's very hard to look in your freezer or cabinets, refrigerator, and come up with a meal because of those things. So I have five solutions for you, and I'm only going to talk about two of them because the other three I've already talked about, so I'll direct you in just a moment to those. The two that I'm going to talk about, number one, think in terms of meats. Now this goes back to the podcast episode that I just talked about called um, How to Implement Cycle Cooking for Freezer Entrees and Starters. Now, if you don't want to be a freezer cook, don't worry. This has nothing to do with freezer cooking per se. You can definitely go into freezer cooking, but this is just uh, how, to, how to look at uh, cycles, cycle cooking, as far as types of meats and things. We'll talk about that in a minute. The second one is to have staples on hand. Um, 
the other three, learn to cook meats fast or efficiently. I have blog posts about that, and I also have some podcast episodes, uh, so check out that front page. Uh, freezer cook. If you're just starting out, I have a lot about freezer cooking, so I'm not going to spend time on that here. But I do want to tell you two ways to start out if you want to freezer cook and you haven't. The first thing is to start with meal starters. Um, either if you have limited freezer space or you don't have that much experience or you don't have a lot of money to spend. Because meal starters, and I'm going to talk about those in just a minute in general, not just for freezing, but meal starters only take quart-sized Ziploc bags usually for a whole family because you only have the beginnings of a meal in it. I'll, I'll get back to that. So that's one way you can start freezer cooking. Another way you can start freezer cooking is to find six, eight, or ten entrees that your family loves that you find that you make often. Learn to freezer cook those six or those eight or those ten easily, quickly, and proficiently. And then all of a sudden you have at least your family's favorite meals, four of each in the freezer. Um, I talk about the four, four times a meal and my new recipes have four, each recipe four times in parentheses so that you can put four of anything in the freezer anytime. Um, and then the fifth way is to have ingredients for 10 entrees at all times. In the podcast episode called Five Tips to Be More Efficient in the Kitchen, I talk extensively on freezer cooking and I talk extensively on cooking meats and I talk extensively on having ingredients for 10 entrees at all times. So, but I want to talk about number one and number two right now in this uh, podcast episode. Think in terms of meats and have a master list is the first one. Um, when I talk about thinking in terms of meats, I had this whole elaborate program that you may have heard me talk about before where I freezer cooked or made freezer entrees out of a certain type of meat and I did like um, a whole, you know, 30 meals of all crumbled ground beef and 30 meals of all shaped, crumbled, shaped ground beef and 30 meals of all shredded chicken and um, from that I got locked into, which was a good thing, I got locked into cooking a certain type of meat all together at the same time. And so what it did is I'm cooking a lot of things with red sauces with my ground crumbled ground beef and crumbled ground turkey. I'm cooking lasagna, spaghetti pie, um, goulash, uh, sloppy joes, um, taco meat, all kinds of things with red tomato-based sauces in them. The next thing you know, I was realizing that I used fewer dishes, that I had all of this ground beef all cooked up. I just scooped it right out of my roaster and put it into my dishes, and it was efficient. I mean, it was by far the fastest way to freezer cook that I had done, and I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, and so I started doing that all the time. Now, how that applies here is that in my mind and in my freezer, but that's okay if it's only in your mind. In your mind, if you get... These are the kind of meats that I use a lot of, and these are the meals that I usually make from those meats. So I can think in terms of my different meats and have a master list. So think about, number one, what meats and in what form of the meats you regularly use in, your own, in the meals that you now make. You don't have to get my recipes. You don't have to get anybody else's recipes. What do you currently make? This is thinking. This is quick thinking. This isn't a system. This is just what do I already do? And that's what I like to do in my, when I teach cottage classes and in my books. I tell students, you know more than you think you know. 
what do you already know about this? Because when you already know something, it's so much easier to go from there and learn more in that same area. When you recognize what you already know, it's easier to add more learning onto that same concept. Sorry about that little sidebar there. But at any rate, the same thing is true of cooking. What do you already do? How can these be grouped for thinking purposes or for freezer cooking? And then make a master list of things that you ever make from various meats, print it, and tape it to the inside of a kitchen cabinet or on the fridge in a sheet protector. You want this handy. Now I've gone ahead, and I know this is a lengthy handout, but I wanted to give you ideas. I want you to leave this podcast episode saying, you know what? This is something that I can definitely do. I can spend one hour making a master list. I can print it off. I can stick it on the fridge. I've started to think. I've started to have quick thinking. I've started to be efficient without even having to do a whole elaborate system without having to buy one single thing. All right. So I put all my meals here because I want to show you how you think this through. I want to show you how this can happen. So um, I'm not going to talk about every single entree on this list. I'm just going to talk about um, some of them and how how I do some of them and also how some of them are good for the freezer and um, how some of them are good for starters and so forth. Uh, Before I get too far, um, when I talk about freezer cooking, I'm usually either putting an entree like a lasagna or something and a 9 by 13 foil pan with foil lids and you can see this at the the, the blog I have it all over the place with my um, freezer entrees Um, or I put ingredients into Ziploc bags usually when something is in a Ziploc bag it is what I call a starter either a soup starter or a meal starter now I actually got this whole soup starter idea and you can learn a lot just from studying the grocery store if you like to cook homemade but you want things simpler or you want things more efficient or easier to put together, look at the grocery store because the grocery store is already doing what you can do at home. So they came out not very many years ago. I suppose it's been many years now. Forget that. Anyway, they came out a long time ago (laughs) with these things called soup starters and they were in little cans. I don't even know if they have them anymore, but basically they had like for lack of a better word description, dehydrated vegetables and beef and chicken and base in them and seasonings and dried pasta. And they were called soup starters. And you took these little containers of soup starters and you quote unquote, just add water or in like the broccoli cream when you just add milk or whatever. And, um, I saw those starters and I thought to myself, I can do the same thing at home with freezer entrees because what I had been doing is making up two gallons of chili, two gallons of vegetable soup and so forth and putting them like in ice cream tubs and they took up a lot of space in the freezer. When you put in, you know, four chilies and four vegetable soups and you've got, you know, eight ice cream tubs full of soup and it takes up a lot of space and so from this soup starter that I saw at the store I got this idea to make soup starters for my freezer and so a soup starter is where I put the seasoned ground beef the seasonings the beans um, maybe pasta maybe not Um, usually I don't like to put my pasta in my soups ahead of time because they kind of dissolve a little bit but anyway I have all that and a little bit of tomato sauce And I put it all in quart bags. And then 
I freeze them like a, in a file folder type of thing, a file box. So you just like look at them like a file. It's really cool and when they fit and they all look nice. It's really exciting. Anyway, and then I just pull that out, stick it in a bowl, let it defrost all day, plop it into my crock pot or my soup pot, and then I put my liquids in. So that's what a soup starter is. Now a meal starter is where something that I make like stir fry, for example. I don't freeze everything in my stir fries because I don't like my broccoli pre-cooked and stuff. So I just put everything together in Ziploc bags and I have things started for that meal but I only need to add other things. What I've found through the years is that when I have my meat already done, everything else is pretty simple from that point on. So uh, I want to go through some of these and just show you how you can make your own list by thinking in terms of groups. So I specifically have broken mine down into the same cycles that I had for my freezer cooking. Shredded chicken, crumbled ground beef or ground turkey or both. I like to mix them up. Uh, shredded roast beef and or shredded pork like cooking pot roast and breaking that up, chicken breast or chicken thighs, uh, not shredded, in this case like whole uh, chicken pieces, um, skinless, boneless, shaped ground meat and a steak um, in the loosest sense of the word because, um, yeah, I don't really know that much about steak. Mine are more like minute steaks or cube steaks or stuff like that. Um, we never, we always had uh, cheat meals <laughs> when our kids were growing up. Ham, sausage, bacon, cheese, pepperoni. I have that in one category together. Seafood. And that's all. So I want to walk you through here because I want you, you can start with this list and then you can just mark through what you don't make and add some of your own. Um, or you can just make your own entirely. But when you think of groups, all of a sudden you look at your shopping that week totally different. So if I'm if I'm thinking in terms of my groups, and I have all these things listed, even if I don't have anything in my freezer, which never happens because I always have between 50 and 200 entrees in my freezer at one time or starters. But suppose I didn't have a thing and I was going to look at the ads and I saw that uh, chicken breasts, like all gloopy, big, yucky kind of chicken breasts, not the nice ones that you make, uh, you know, chicken cordon blue out of, but the, the kind of yucky all stuck together in a big container, big bag, um, that's on sale and a cube steak. So all of a sudden, I know by looking at this, I'm going to use that for shredded because that doesn't make very good, it doesn't make very nice individual chicken pieces. So I'm going to use that for shredded chicken. So if I get 10 pounds of the shredded chicken and I get 6 pounds of the cube steak, and I get three pounds of the ham that's on sale, I know that I can have a, two shredded chicken meals, one ham meal, a smothered steak, and I can make um, breakfast burritos out of the other steak. All of a sudden, that quickly, from this list, I know what I can do very, very fast. It doesn't have to be an elaborate system. It's just a matter of being a quick thinker. And these are tools that will help you be a quick thinker. So here we go. Shredded chicken, first of all. This is basically not everything I make out of shredded chicken, but it's a lot of what I make out of shredded chicken. Chicken enchiladas, chicken lasagnas, uh, chicken tetrazzini. Those three are my freezer entrees. They freeze really, really well. Um, and just come out just as though you made them fresh. So those are things that I really, really like to, to do. Um, 
Hot chicken salad is another good one to freeze. Um, it has rice in it. Uh, we're trying to cut back on our carbs, so I don't make that as often. Chicken broccoli casserole. Um, sometimes, you know, I put that in foil pans, and sometimes I just shred my chicken and have all my ingredients to assemble it really fast. Um, barbecue shredded chicken, chicken taco meat. You can put a bunch of chicken breast and chicken thighs in the crock pot, cook them for a few hours, get them out, shred them, and put back in ingredients to make a quick taco meat. And you can make anything out of your taco meat that you want. Uh, then I have some starters. Chicken Alfredo, um, shredded chicken with Alfredo sauce, cream of chicken soup. Sometimes I'll just have like my, my chicken and uh, cream and stuff, and I'll have that all together in a freezer in a freezer bag ready to make cream of chicken soup. Chicken rice soup, again, I'll put I'll uh, pre-cook my rice. I'll put it in the bag with a little bit of broth, lots of chicken, all my seasonings, zip it up, and it's kind of like undiluted. You know, whenever it says, you know, like your cream soups that you buy at the store, you're supposed to dilute them. You're supposed to add milk to them or cream to them or whatever. It's that same idea, and it's only in a quart-sized bag instead of an ice cream pail. Um, chicken gnocchi soup, chicken noodle soup, white bean chili, so on. Now, I will tell you that I am never, ever... Uh, even if you don't want to freezer cook complete entrees, I am never ever without at least six to ten quart bags of shredded chicken in some broth and six to ten quart bags of ground crumbled ground beef in quart bags. Because like I told like I said earlier, my meats are done. You know what? This is gonna be fast. This is super, super fast. I can do this with these meats already ready, defrost them stick some things together, whatever, especially if you use pasta and rice and potatoes, because honestly, you know, that's really, really fast. So there are some ideas for that. Then the next category is crumbled ground beef or ground turkey or a combination. I have some that I really love to do in my foil pans. The first one's there, enchiladas, cheeseburger pie, shepherd's pie, lasagna, spaghetti pie. Love, love, love to have those in my foil pans ready to go. But then I have some others that are just starters, like taco meat, like um, ground beef to use for beef noodle stroganoff, um, beef broccoli alfredo, chili starter, so forth. Now, freezer cooking aside, you've got 10 pounds of ground beef. You look on your list and you say, oh, wow, I haven't made um, tacos for a while. I think I'll cook up some taco meat. We'll have tacos one night chili another night, or we'll have tacos one night and taco soup another night, or we'll have tacos one night, cheeseburger potato soup another night. All you have to do is look at your list and uh, cook up a bunch of meat. And so if you think in terms of crumbled ground beef or turkey, there that's a bunch that we do there. The next category is shredded roast beef or pork. Um, if shredded, if roast beefs are on sale, roast beefs are on sale, I like to put two or three of them, depending on the size, and a big oven cooking bag, put a bunch of seasonings in with it, maybe some cream cheese, maybe some canned soup. It just depends on how brushed I am. I'm not too proud to use some convenience foods if I need to. Um, I like to cook from scratch and I cook all the time and I love cooking, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. And so um, stick them in the crock pot and then I can make a bunch of meals out of them. But suppose you're just going to get one roast. One night you have potatoes with, you have roast with potatoes and carrots and stuff. Then you use that leftover roast, you shred it up, and you make beef carnitas or shredded beef nachos. And because you have your list, you can just, you don't have to think, oh, I have no idea what to do with this roast. You have a list, do something on it, do something fast, do the fastest thing that you can see, or do whatever you're hungry for. 
um, or whatever your family hasn't had for a while. Next, chicken breast or thighs. These are the not shredded ones. These are when you get nice chicken breasts. Costco has these great chicken breasts that um, are just four ounce servings, perfectly shaped, no no beating with the mallet, no cutting, no tearing off mem you know fat. They're just so, so nice. Um, I don't have a membership there right now, but when I go with friends, I like to get a couple bags of those. Um, but any kind of nicer chicken breast or thighs will work for this. Um, these are the things that I do with those. I can make my Chick-fil-A knockoff. Um, I can um, make cheddar coated breasts. I can make oven baked breast. I can make um, Parmesan chicken breast, so forth. I can make a lot of things um, that are fast and easy out of chicken breast. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about the last two on the chicken breast or thighs list. This is the not shredded list. The garlic chicken bites and the Monterey chicken bites. Um, you can do these for the freezer, but also just for a, for a meal or two that week. Uh, one of the things that I love to do with chicken breast and chicken thighs um, is to cut them up into bite-sized pieces and marinate them. Um, I have a recipe on the blog for um, Italian dressing mix uh, that I like to use for my marinade. And then I have a recipe at the blog for Monterey marinade that I like to use for it also. So they're two different things. The first one, garlic chicken bites. I, I do the same thing for both of them. I cut them up into bite size, like medallions. I think they would call them at a restaurant, um, medallion pieces. And then I marinate them, marinate them either in the Italian garlic marinade, marinade or the Monterey marinade, which is just a uh, non-sweetened kind of barbecue. You could even just thin barbecue sauce with olive oil and stuff and do it that way. Always, There are always fast ways to do everything. You don't always have to take the hard way. You don't always have to take the long way. You can you do whatever works for you. I think um, a lot of times we, I know, we get into ruts where, you know, we, we feel guilty if things aren't just really, really homemade, or we feel guilty if we spend too much money, or we feel guilty if we spend too much time on cooking and not enough time with the kids. And, and the next thing you know, I mean, every, it doesn't matter where you turn, you're going to feel guilty. You know, if you buy convenience foods so that you can spend more time with your kids, you feel guilty. If you make everything homemade and, you, and your kids are you know, not getting all their lessons that day, then you feel guilty. So, you know, if just give yourself permission to do whatever you need to do to make this work, especially if you're in it for the long haul. This is my 32nd year of homeschooling this fall. Looks like my son's going to graduate early. This is probably going to be my last year of homeschooling, um, even though he's done, so he's doing college. But I still like to say that I'm still homeschooling because I don't ever want to not be a homeschooling mom. So, um you got to do what you can do forever, all right? You know, I think about this with exercise because I can't seem, I like things for a short period of time, but not forever. And this doesn't mean you're always going to meal plan just like a certain way or you're going, going to cook just this way. But I do like to think in terms of what can I sustain? Because if you can't sustain it, well, then you're not going to want to do it for a long, long time. And with homeschooling, you need to do sustainable things. Because you want to, I hope and pray that you want to do it for the long run. I hope and pray that if you're a homeschooling mom, that you want to dig in and do it forever. And if I can help you do that by any word of encouragement or any little tip or any little trick or any little permission, then then I've just done what I really feel like I'm 
in the world to do. That was very, very poetic and dramatic for a meal planning blog post, podcast episode. All right, so with these garlic chicken bites and these Monterey chicken bites, you, you, I marinate them, then I stir fry them. And then I make a lot of things out of them. I always have these in my freezer too. So this is another thing. Uh, again, I don't think you have to freezer cook to be efficient. But if you are going to freezer cook, putting crumbled ground beef, putting shredded chicken in with a little bit of broth, putting garlic chicken bites and Monterey chicken bites, putting those four things in your freezer, those are amazing starters that will get you really going. I mean, you, don't, you don't even have to have a recipe if you just do those four things. Um, that will be absolutely amazing. Shredded chicken in bags, ground, crumbled ground beef in bags, garlic chicken bites, and Monterey chicken bites. So once I have my garlic chicken bites, usually I pulled it out of the freezer, but you can make it fresh. You've got, a, you've got three pounds of chicken, you cut it into medallions, you marinate it in either the garlic or the Monterey, and then you stir fry it. Then you have a boatload of meals that you can make out of that. Um, with the garlic, I use it for chicken alfredo, for chicken spaghetti, for stir fries, for subs like um, uh, chicken alfredo kind of subs, chicken alfredo pizza, unlimited. Monterey chicken bites, they're kind of uh, Tex-Mexy type of thing. They can go either, they can either go from there in the direction of barbecue or in the direction of Mexican uh, foods. So, um, because they don't have sugar, so they're not real barbecue yet. They're just um, kind of smoky. And uh, with that, I use those for fajitas. Um, for appetizers, um, I like to, uh, take things when we go to dances. I like to, one way that I show hospitality and that I use my gifts is to always try to take, uh, good foods to dances to share with, uh, my fellow dancers. And so, um, I wrap them with bacon after they're pre-cooked in the skillet, wrap them in bacon and cheese. Monterey cheese, stick a toothpick through it and melt it in the microwave, and I have Monterey chicken bites uh, for an appetizer. For chicken quesadillas, the Monterey bites are excellent for chicken quesadillas, even if you want to cut them a little smaller when you put them in your quesadilla. Um, and stir fries, subs, and so forth. So you can see what you can do with that and how, um, how easy that is to come up with meals from your whole chicken breast. Next is my shaped ground meat or steak. Again, I think in terms of, all right, I got hamburger on sale this week. I had a lot of spaghetti. I had a lot of lasagna, taco meat kind of things last week. So I don't really want to do a lot of casserole things this week. So I can make meatloaves, ham loaves, meatballs. Always put meatballs in your freezer. Salisbury steak, Florida steak, smothered steak steak salad. The, the smothered steak um, is more like hamburger patties or cubed steak and then I stir fry mushrooms and peppers and onions and I smother the meat with that and cheese. Um, I also do the same thing with chicken. Uh, but a starter for that if you just wanted to make some stuff for your freezer is just to like pre-cook pre the uh, meat until it's almost done and then get your onions and your peppers and your mushrooms all ready, bag them up and freeze them together and then you just get them out, stir fry your veggies, Re put your meat back in that's already almost cooked, and then you have a meal. Uh, a good part of um, of prepping ahead is like getting onions and peppers and things like that that uh, can sometimes take a lot of time, a lot of vegetables and stuff ready ahead of time. All right, steak salad. I put marinade and uh, steak pieces in 
quart bags and freeze that, and then I have it all ready to go. I just get it out and drain it uh, and stir-fry it for steak salads. Philly cheesesteak casserole, um, either just make it fresh or if you want to make it for the freezer. I've got a new recipe up um, any day now, I think, uh, where you have all the ingredients ready to go in freezer bags. Steak breakfast burritos, steak fajitas, steak stir-fry, dry beef gravy, those are all things that you can make if you have shaped if you have a hamburger or uh, inexpensive steak. The last category uh, for the, um, no, next to last category for the thinking about and categorizing your meals and what can I make is the ham, sausage, bacon, cheese, pepperoni category. I kind of put it all together because I have a tendency to use it kind of together, which is kind of sounds like an artery nightmare, but anyway, uh, hammerama sandwiches, the, the typical ham and cheddar, um, or ham and Swiss, uh, melted in the oven, cheesy potatoes with ham, broccoli cheese soup, uh, ham steak, a pizza, or else just a starter for the freezer where you put, I put all my pizza ingredients in different Ziploc bags, put it all down into one Ziploc bag and I have pizza packs ready. That was something I found at the store too. Same thing with pizza subs or any kind of subs. They have those starters, you know, where everything's all there and you put it all together. You know, it's much easier to do it ourselves. Lots of pizza things, pizza casserole, pizza sub, pizza soup, pizza cups, so forth. Um, but those are a lot of the things that I do when I buy either either turkey, ground turkey sausage, um, ham, bacon, pepperoni, sausage links, different things that I use those for. Uh, a couple of our favorites there are uh, actually halfway through or a little bit below halfway through. Egg roll in a skillet, uh, Trim Healthy Mamas, they call that egg roll in a bowl. We call it egg roll skillet here. Uh, kielbasa stir-fry, uh, where if, if they have smoked sausage, kielbasa on sale. I always get that, and um, my guys like it for sandwiches one night, and then the next week I'll make a stir-fry out of it if it happens to be on sale. Uh, the last category is seafood. We don't have a lot of seafood. Um, I, I want to incorporate more and more, but it just really wasn't affordable for a family of nine. Um, now that we have only two college kids at home, so to speak, uh, I keep telling my husband, we need to start having seafood once a week, salmon, salmon loaves, salmon patties, um, and there are some things to do with that. So that is my first uh, tip for simplified meal planning. Get, sit down for one hour, maybe two, and make a list of your family favorite meals under each category so that you can think about what you want to make quickly. And those days that, you know, it's five o'clock and, you know, you've been schooling all day and little kids and everything, you can say, you know what, I've got some ham out there. I am just going to let the kids make ham and cheese sandwiches. I'm going to pop them in the oven and I'm going to stick some baked potatoes in the microwave and we're going to call it done. So think fast, think fast. All right, the next tip is to have staples on hand. I talked about in another podcast episode about having everything that you need to make 10 meals this is the same idea, except uh, this is a little bit more free-spirited in that I like to think of my staples and to be sure that if I'm down to my last couple of something that I use all the time, regularly, in any of those meals that I just talked about, I have those on hand. Also, because we have a lot of meat-based meals, since we're trying to eat fewer carbs, then I have to have a lot of frozen vegetables and fresh vegetables on hand to, because I need to make quite a bit. Um, you know, if I'm making meatloaves and, uh, you know, the boys are having baked potatoes, but we don't have any, uh, potatoes, uh, or we're not having potatoes and I need to be able to make broccoli and 
uh, stir-fried cabbage or something like that. So I need to have a lot of staples on hand. So here are some tips about the staples and then as well as some staple lists for you. The first thing is to be sure that everybody knows that they are off limits for other dishes. If you get people, you know, getting into your staples and then all of a sudden you don't have a um, something that you needed to make something, um, that can be very frustrating. Get as much convenience as you are comfortable with. You'll see on my list, I, I cook from scratch a lot, but I also always, always have frozen hash brown cubes in my freezer because I can toss a handful or two of those into a soup. I can... Um, stir fry some of them up for the boys real fast while we're having green beans maybe and carrots or something um, just as much convenience as you're comfortable with learn fast efficient methods for cooking things that you do all the time uh, such as uh, cooking bacon in the oven or using a rice cooker for rice I personally use brown minute rice just about all the time now um, baking rice cooking baked potatoes in bulk in, in a big roaster Learn some fast, efficient methods for cooking things. Um, one of the things I used to do when we had a lot of kids at home and before we were counting carbs as much uh, is that I used to cook a huge roaster full of 15 pounds of huge baked potatoes. The first night we would have baked potatoes stuffed, you know, so that was our main entree. We didn't have to have meat. You know, we'd have broccoli and cheese sauce and bacon bits and sour cream and all that. And then... Uh, throughout the next two weeks because potatoes usually last really well in the refrigerator once they're cooked so for the next two weeks I had those potatoes ready to go for anything I wanted to make fried potatoes cheesy potatoes potato skins stews um, just uh, just really simple and I did that usually once a month or so just it saved a lot of money and it also uh, gave me a big starter already on hand with pre-cooked potatoes and then, of course, my meal starters. Consider them putting meal starters in the freezer. So here are some perishables that I like to have on hand. Um, I like to uh, have a lot of frozen vegetables so that I can make our side dishes like I just mentioned. Um, we usually have low-carb bread, buns, and tortillas so that we can make things. Um, I keep a lot of these things on hand just really almost all the time. It would be very rare to find to not find us to not find these things in our refrigerators and freezers. Um, occasionally I'm out of peppers or matchstick carrots or uh, shredded cabbage um, but uh, those are definitely things on hand because I use all of these in those meals that I just described or at least for side dishes. And then non-perishable staples. Um, I like to have uh, panko crumbs uh, to to mix with my um, almond flour to um, coat things, uh, fish and so forth, um, potatoes, onions, instant brown rice, whatever non-perishable staples that you usually use. And by making a uh, perishable staples and a non-perishable staples list and buying all of those things and keeping those things, all of a sudden you put that with your uh, list of foods in each meat category and it's so much easier to come up with meals and so much faster and you can do something as simple as, you know what, this has been a day. Uh, we're going to have, I'm going to cut that ham into thick pieces, we're going to have ham steak and I'm going to mix the frozen hash browns with some cheese and pop it in the oven and that's going to be dinner. So what this will do for you is it'll help you become a quick thinker. It will help you become more efficient in your 
kitchen. It will free you up. It frees your brain up. I need my brain freed up for a lot of brain power things that I have going on right now, and I know homeschooling moms do too. So hopefully some of these tips will help you and simplify meal planning just to make your days go better, to make your school run better, and to enjoy cooking even more because it is, doesn't always have to be so big and so overwhelming. So join us again next time for another podcast episode. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, some future ones about how getting household help, trading and bartering. I've done a lot of that through the years, um, traded my skills for skills that I don't have and uh, just how I've done that and how that helped us so much. And um, also a lot more about teaching. Now, also, check back at our blog because we have our Meaningful Composition sale going on this month. We also, of course, have Character Quality Language Arts, but we also have new stores at Kerclick, Teachers Pay Teachers, and Teachers Notebook. And at all three of those stores, we're going to be putting up products all the time that will help you in your homeschool. Right now, we have the Success Spelling Secret Sheet packet up, and we have... Um, little ABC cards to teach preschoolers. So check out our products and join us again soon. Thank you.